murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record, hope got all right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Culper's Canteen Cup, episode 81, right? 81. So uh, I obviously wasn't around last week. Great show, guys. I think you did a, a pretty good rundown of the Ukraine. Um, I'm going to kick it over to, to Josh real quick after the the shout outs. But, uh, you know, check out uh, Culper's Canteen Cup, com or uh, head over to Apple Music and check out Carlton Zeus for his intro uh, that we use for our show. So, so Josh, let's... Uh, you know, the big elephant, the, the elephant in the room here is the SOTUS, or uh, State of the Union Address. So initial thoughts, I know we were all up. We had the mega thread on the Culper's Canteen Cup uh, page. I think we had almost 400 comments, of which 385 were Luke's. Uh, but we did have a couple of other listeners out there actually chime in with some, uh, you know, pretty good banter back and forth. So what's your initial thoughts of the, of the uh, SO2U or TU or SOTUS or, whatever, you know, whatever we call that thing? Yeah, so I guess we're we're just gonna skip right over the fact that Roger, if you're on if you're our YouTube viewers, uh, you know he's sitting in a hotel room right now, shaman. He's stimulating the economy up in the uh, the last frontier up in Alaska. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll get back to that because I gotta I gotta get your thoughts on Alaska. Uh, I want to know if you've seen any actual like real Eskimos yet. So as far as the State of the Union goes, <laughs> if I had just seen the transcript and not known that it was Joe Biden giving that state of the union. I would have hands down thought it was Trump given that state of the union. I mean, he literally said everything that Trump would have said. I, I mean, he, he, I was waiting for him to say he was going to make America great again. I really was. <laughs> um, I mean, he talked about securing the borders, funding the police, you know, getting, you know, getting a good economy going. I was like, man, is this guy like, is this Joe Biden? Like who got into his body and, uh, you know, and, and hijacked it. Um, so, but that, you know, that dream, uh, did not come true. Um, because it was unfortunately Joe Biden. So, you know, the, the comment thread was, was, was straight fire, uh, you know, on, on the, on the C3 page, that was Luke's idea. Great idea. Um, uh, we, we have to do that more often and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be lit, you know, as we get further into the year and folks are giving campaign speeches and debates, um, you know, at the, uh, at the state levels, you know, see, see what's going on and see what's happening. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Um, real quick, just a couple of fact checks. So they gave, uh, you know, they came out, they gave the, the retort to the state of the union. I can't remember her name. I apologize. She was the, uh, she's the governor of Iowa, I believe. Um, which she did a good job, but it was just very like, it was very low energy. I would have liked to have seen Ron DeSantis give the state of the union or even better yet. Um, I would have just liked to see them, you know, have Trump give his, his thoughts off the cuff oh, <laughs> as a response to the, uh, to the state of the union. That would have been, that would have been good. So a couple of the fact checks. So when Joe Biden's talking about, he said that Intel was building, quote, up to eight state-of-the-art factories in one place that was going to create 10,000 new jobs. Uh, so the Associated Press, who is no, you know, they're, they're, there's no love loss for for the conservative side there, the Associated Press, they came out and they were, they were like, yep, yeah, that's a little premature. Um, they said that many factories is 
not imminent and they may na- they may not ever be built. Um, you know, Intel did announce it was going to open two factories to employ 3,000 people and the other 7,000 positions. You know what those 7,000 positions are? Those are construction for the factory. So those jobs are temporary. Once the construction's done, that goes away. So instead of eight factories with 10,000 new jobs, you're really getting two factories with 3,000 people. Um, but, you know, then again, it is Joe Biden. Uh, you know, they Intel did talk about building six new factories over the span of a decade. Um, but that's only a prospect, and that's a decade. So, hey, man, new jobs are coming in about 10 years. If you, uh, you know, if, if you want to believe it, (laughs) you know, and then he talked about the inflation, worst inflation in 40 years, well over 7% now, um, you know, and then he blamed, he blamed inflation on the micro, uh, chips, microprocessors. He blamed inflation on that. You know, he didn't, he, he didn't blame the fact that they shuttered businesses and then pumped a whole bunch of cash into the economy, or anything, because heaven forbid, that actually didn't cause inflation because they would have to take some level of responsibility. Uh, so the AP even, you know, they even looked at it, they were like, you know, quote, it's dubious to suggest that more domestic manufacturing means less inflation because that was Joe Biden's response. Well, we're going to make products, you know, we're going to have products made in America and that'll lower inflation because we all know that products made in America are much cheaper to make and sell than products made overseas, right? Uh, so... It's, you know, and then they, you know, the AP also like that's not even remotely close to the cause of inflation. Uh, so I, I, yeah. So on the guns, um, you know, he, he brought up ghost guns, you know, the really scary ghost guns that you can just buy the pieces and parts for and, uh, you know, assemble yourselves. Well, I mean, you can, but you got to mill some stuff. So you got to have, you know, you got not anybody, you know, can just, you know, order that stuff offline and slap it together. There's some milling and drilling that's involved. So, Anyway, so but then he, you know the the thing that stood out on the guns is that he wants to repeal the liability shield that makes gun manufacturers quote the only industry in America that can't be sued end quote. So for starters, uh, Pfizer and Moderna would like a word with you because I believe that we cannot sue Pfizer and Moderna um, for their vaccines that they made in eight months uh, under the uh, quote Public Readiness Emergency Procedures Act. Uh, they have total immunity from liability if something unintentionally goes wrong with their vaccines. So Joe Biden saying the gun manufacturers are only ones is completely, completely false. Gun manufacturers can be held liable for things, you know, if, if a product is deficient, um, you know, and stuff. So, it, again, it was disingenuous and, and, and then just a flat out lie. Um, you know, he, when he said, you know, secure the border. You talked about, you know, sensors and, and, and stuff like that. Well, that's fine. I mean, you can have it. That's like putting a, you know, that's like putting a traffic cop, you know, writing parking tickets in the middle of a riot. You know, it's, you can put all the sensors on the border if you want to. They're just going to walk right by them. Um, and then the police, this has gotten, I mean, this sent social media ablaze uh, when he said it's not defund the police. It's fund the police. Give them, you know, give them money for resources and training. You should have seen Maxine Waters face. Um, and then dude, there's a lot like BLM came out. They are, they are livid. Um, so it just goes back to, you know, you've been, you guys have been voting for the same, you know, same party for, you know, since the sixties. And at the end of the day, man, you guys, you're not, you're not any better off. 
Um, so, and then he, you know, his last line right before he said, go get them, which I don't know. I'll, I'm going to ask Luke what he thinks that meant. Uh, Trump in 2018 closed his out with the state of our union is strong because our people are strong. Joe Biden on Tuesday closed his out with the state of the union is strong because you, the American people are strong. So again, it, you know, he basically plagiarized, you know, Trump's speech. And again, it, you know, if it wasn't Biden giving it, it sounded, it, it sounded like 45 giving it, you know, everything short of make it great, make America great again. So, but the go get them, Luke, um, I have my own uh, opinion on what the, what the go get them was. Uh, what do you, what do you think he meant by that? Well, I don't think he was listening to, uh, to Lindsey Graham, uh, I don't think he was predicting what Lindsey Graham would say on Twitter. <laughs> we need to get rid of Putin. I don't think he was talking about go get him as in Putin. But, you know, hey, plagiarism is par for the course for old Sleepy Joe, man. We all know that. Um, go get him. I'll address that in a second. I, because honestly, Josh, uh, to burst everyone's balloon out there, I have no idea. I think that was just leftover uh, spittle in his head that just accidentally escaped his mouth. So I guess I'm addressing it now. I think it was more like, go get him, tiger. I think that's what he was saying. Uh, But who knows, man? Who knows what's going on in that B12, B6, uh, Ativan, Aricept, addled mind of his. there's There's no telling. I was, though kind of impressed i mean he kind of held himself together pretty much i mean there were a few gaps here and there that that that's to be expected and i i'll i'll give anyone a pass on a few gaps uh except the i'll save the the biggest one for roger i'm not even going to address that one the biggest one i hope i hope roger knows which one i'm talking about so kim reynolds is the one that the, she's the governor of iowa who gave uh who gave uh, the rebuttal to the state of the union i had time to look that up when josh didn't know in case in case any of y'all are wondering. I'm not smart. <laughs> I just have the Google machine at my fingertips. You know, I listened to uh, Ben Shapiro's rebuttal. That's who should have given the rebuttal. I mean, I know he's not an elected official or anything, but he gave a quick eight-minute, nine-minute rebuttal of the State of the Union. It was awesome. It was really good. I mean, the guy's good anyway. He just talks super fast. I, I think I said this on a podcast before. Every time I list a Ben Shapiro, I have to check I have to check to see if the speed's not on 1.5 because the guy talks so fast. <laughs> yeah. But he, he's, he gave a good rebuttal. So, you know, after you get done listening to this episode, head over to Ben Shapiro's channel and uh, check out that rebuttal because that's how it should sound. Um, the State of the Union to me, I, my big takeaway was it's especially in the first uh, three fourths of the speech, sounded like a campaign speech to me. It didn't sound like a State of the Union. It just sounded like here's all the stuff we're going to do. Uh, here's how we're going to fix all the problems. And uh, again, campaign speech. I, I was not impressed, of course. And you'd expect to hear that out of the cup. We're not impressed with the speech, but uh, there wasn't a single part of it where I was like, yeah, yes, absolutely. Let's go Biden. I mean, let's go Brandon, whatever. The Ukraine stuff uh, sounded kind of canned to me. Uh, that was right up front. And he had to do it up front because that's that's the issue that's on everyone's minds. Um, a couple of things that that stood out to me, and the more I thought about them, the more upset I got was the distasteful, absolutely distasteful way he used his son. You know, uh, quote, one of those soldiers was my son, Major Bo Biden. We don't know for sure if a burn pit was the cause of his brain cancer 
or the diseases of so many of our troops. I, I mean, really, Biden, he had just got done talking about the burn pits. And I think that's when Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, uh, Lauren Boebert, you know, had their little outburst, which, dude, I can take it or leave it. Like like Scott said, uh, well, I can't really, you, you'd kind of have to know, but Lauren, Lauren Boebert's just, I, I don't, and Mar- Marjorie, Ta- Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene are just kind of loud mouse and, and circus clowns to me, even though they may have been right to call him out you know, just kind of an unneeded distraction, but using your dead son as a prop, it's distasteful, man. It's in bad taste. Uh, There's really no excuse for it. I can't imagine a situation wherein I do that, use the death of a child to further anything in my own life. It's, it's, it's pathetic. I really wasn't too surprised. They didn't mention Afghanistan once. Um, I, (laughs) I'm really not surprised about that because that's his so far probably his biggest embarrassment as a president. Um, you know, he didn't he kind of mentioned the border a little bit, but he didn't mention what's actually wrong with the border. I mean, like the actual root cause, which is his policy. It's 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 bad. He's talking about intercept you know uh, you know intercepting drugs and stuff like that. It's like man, that's that's just part of the problem. His policy is an absolute nightmare on the border and not just his policy, but every Democrat policy. It's a mess, folks. It's bad down there. And it's worse than you think. Um, yeah, I just, Roger, I just wasn't, uh, it didn't blow my skirt up. The, the thread was fun. But um, I, I think that if somebody came to the three of us and said, hey, put together what you, exactly what you think the State of the Union will be, uh, and you have two days to do it, I think we could have come pretty close. The verbiage wouldn't have been exactly right, but I think we might have come pretty close uh, on the substance of it. Um, What do you think? I mean, what was your favorite slash least favorite part of the State of the Union? Well, one, I'm glad to hear that we're going to help out the Iranians uh, because they need a lot of help uh, from the U.S. right now. But, you know, I, I think what's amazing to me is of all the issues that have gone on throughout his the first year of his administration, so which, are, you know, Josh and I and, and, and you have been texting back and forth that, you know, even now as we get into the Ukraine story and talk about Russian oil and this and that's like there are certain actions we can't take because of his failed policies. Right. Uh, you know, we were talking briefly about gas and this and that and how gas prices are going up. And, hey, you know what, if gas was like, you know, two dollars a gallon or two and a quarter a gallon or whatever, and you want to, uh, you know, stop the import of Russian oil or sanctions against Russian energy and, you know, uh, gas goes up a, a buck to $3. I mean, you know, people won't like it, but it's easier to stomach. People can stomach that, hey, we're doing this for, you know, Ukraine and and the Iranians or whoever we want to help and, and, you know, whatever. People can kind of stomach that. When you're at $4 a gallon, uh, it's a hard sell to go to five, Right. Um, and, and I think now you're even starting to get pushback from his own party with Pelosi, by God, the first thing, I, I actually think it's the first thing, well, second thing that she's ever said that, uh, I agreed with. She's like, yeah, ban it, ban it. Like that, that's what everybody's waiting, you know, to hear Saki's answer to it because she doesn't even address the answer when, uh, Jackie Heinrich from Fox news asked her the question. She's like, well, you know, it's only 10% of, uh, the, you know, the U S imports. It's, like, it's not about what percentage of our import it is. It's about how much the Russians export and the money they can make off that. But what's amazing to me with the entire state of the union, when you look at everything that's gone wrong during his, his first year, 
And I think left, right, center, whatever. I mean, you know, everybody knows the issues. We, we've talked about the challenges here. Um, a lot of it, you know, directly through his own failed policies, but he just, he doesn't address any of them. And I, and I kind of thought he would, you know, and, and, and you, you've thrown this term out there now for, for a little while and it, it's become one of my favorites, you know, with the gaslighting. And, and so it's, it's two things. It's like, one, they're just not going to talk about it. And two, they're just going to paint this picture of some other alternate reality that everybody's living in uh, and just assume that people are going to buy it. I mean, that's what's going on with Ukraine right now, right? There's, uh, you know, I don't know, kind of jumping around a little bit with it, but, you know, it's like the the picture that you're painting. I mean, listening to the State of the Union, I thought Ukraine was, I thought the invasion was over with. I thought it was done, right? I mean, that's the, that's the impression that I got. Hey, we built up a coalition bigger than anybody ever thought, and we were ready, right? Putin, you were wrong. We were, so this thing is over with, right? I mean, that, that's the way, it, hey, man, it's got the victory flag. What was the Bush thing he had up on the aircraft carrier or whatever? You know, I mean, it, that's that's what it sounded like to me. But it's like you're not even addressing any of the issues and the challenges. And so it makes me wonder. It's like, OK, they know they're not addressing it. So they don't want to bring it to the forefront. Um, but everybody's got to be sitting there thinking, well, hey, what are you going to do to bring prices down? What are you going to do about inflation? You know, what are you going to do about, the, you know, the Ukraine and this and that? And it's just a lot of the same talk and then just this painting of, of this alternate reality. What's, yeah, the mission accomplished banner. The, uh, thanks, Luke. The uh, AP, it's kind of funny because Josh brought up the AP article, I think it was a day or two days ago. And if you go to culperscanteencup.com, we actually have a blog up about it. And like Josh said, you know, the AP is no fan uh, of the right, generally speaking. I think they, they do tend to, to lean a little to the left. Um, and, and generally tend to look at Biden favorably, but when the AP goes in there and, and starts like, Hey man, this stuff isn't, uh, you know, this isn't accurate. Uh, you know, their issues. What's funny though, when I was trying to pull up that, that article for this episode, uh, of course, CNN and Washington post had theirs on there. Now, according to CNN, everything Biden said was true, everything, you know? And it's like, I, I'm just sitting here. I'm just like, I, how can the two be so night and day? Because I think the AP gave a very objective look to it. Like, hey, okay, technically this might be true, but you have to have context, da 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 And CNN kind of does that. But I mean, everything from job growth under his administration, facts first, this is true. And then they kind of go in because people don't read, right? So they kind of go in, they're like, well, you know, it, it was a recovery from COVID when the government, I mean, here's, a, you know, we talked about setting the force on fire and then, you know, receiving a medal for putting it out. It's like the government shut these, you know, these businesses down. The government kept the employees at home. Uh, so it, it's kind of hard for me to, to give credit to the government, right, left, or, or whatever, uh, to take credit for bringing jobs back when you shut them down. Uh, but you know, they facts first, this is true, all bolded. And then they kind of go into their little, you know, their rhetoric and, and some context, uh, Biden on mask wearing COVID progress, you know, again, Biden is correct. Facts first, big, bold. And then what they don't tell you is that, oh, by the way, well, they kind of changed the metric now because it was, you know, just cases Well, now they take a broader swath, right? It's like, basically we're going to look at folks that are going to the hospital and dying, which is what they should have been doing. I mean, I'm tired even with, with the county I live in, Maricopa County, you know, every day it's like 4,000 people caught COVID today. I mean, one, shouldn't we run out of people that have to catch COVID again? I mean, I, I, by now, like everybody should have already had it. I mean, I, I need to go back and actually tally up the numbers because I'm pretty sure we've hit the 4 million people that, that live in Maricopa County. So now we're just going back and, we're you know, we're recycling and, and hitting the same people over again. I'm like, who cares, man? You know, I want to see the number of people that are going to the hospital and dying because of COVID. 
right? Solely because of COVID, not not the four comorbidi- uh, comorbidities that what seventy five percent of the people have at least four. Dude, that was uh, shocking to me. Like, I knew there was one or two. Uh, I, I was amazed at the percentage that had four or more comorbidities. It's incredible. And when you start, uh, even though I wasn't a big, you know, it's kind of funny because it, it goes back to like the Joe Rogan podcast. I, I wasn't a big listener of his podcast uh, until they, you know, until the media brought it up, made a big stink over it. And I'm like, eh, let me check out what this guy's got to say. And now I've been, you know, I've listened to four or five of his episodes. And, you know, a lot of this talk with COVID, I mean, you do the research yourself, right? They provide the links, you go back through it and you look at it. And you're like, wow, you know, when you look at like folks that are dying solely of COVID, you know, it's like 10%, maybe, maybe 10%. But anyway, you go past that. You go to, uh, you know, strongest uh, economic growth in four decades. And, and, you know, again, it's the, you know, you've got a growth uh, of 5.7%, but that is a very myopic view because obviously we all know the economy, you know, there's several facets to that thing, right? Uh, because when you look at your consumer price index, when you look at your inflation, when you look at cost of goods, when you look at uh, consumer confidence, I mean, uh, GDP is good. Don't get me wrong. And and I would tout that number as well. But hey, you know, it, it's kind of like GDP is a very macro number. Most people don't understand GDP and most people won't, uh, you know, realize the immediate impact of GDP high, you know, good GDP or bad GDP. What they do, uh, you know, what does hit home is the price of gas, right? What does hit home is, is the price of a used vehicle or a new vehicle or your groceries. Uh, you know, it came out today that wheat, corn, soy, the commodities, right? Highest since 1970. Uh, they had a wheat grower that's like, um, yeah, you know, we normally sell wheat, you know, for $6 or whatever it is, a pound or whatever the hell, you know, metric they use. And he's like, dude, we're into double digits now. He's like, I've never seen this in my lifetime. My father's never seen this in his lifetime. You know, those are the other pieces of the economy that, you know, they don't tend to be talking about. Then he goes on to, you know, assistance to Ukraine. We're giving more than one billion in direct assistance to Ukraine, you know. And again, I think you guys did a great episode on that. But, you know, I'm getting tired of the Ukraine piece. And we can kind of get into this a little bit about what's going on. But, uh, you know, it's I said it today when when Anthony Blinken was up there on stage and giving his little speech. Like, why are they even giving speeches anymore? They've already done the sanctions they're going to do. Right. They've already imposed the sanctions they're going to impose. Um, The only thing really left is, is the oil. Russian energy. And so now Blinken and Biden and, and Kamala and all them, now you're just giving a play-by-play. I get that on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC. It's like, I don't need you, you know, because that's all he does. He gets up there and he just talks about what's already happened, what we've already seen. It's like, dude, you're like two days late to this party. It's like, either come to us with some action or or don't, you know, and uh, I'll give it to Kirby, you know, the, the, the DOD uh, defense uh, press secretary. I mean, at least he comes on Fox News and he takes, uh, you know, he takes questions. He takes the tough ones. You know, and they were asking, it's like, hey, is the goal of this thing to stop the Russian advance? And, uh, I, you know, I'm going to misquote him here a little bit, but, you know, paraphrasing, he was like, no. It's like the goal is to continue to help the Ukrainian people fight their war. Okay. It's very telling. And, you know, we can debate that, you know, to, to you know, the world's end on whether we should be in the Ukraine, whether we should help them out or not or whatever. My whole point, which, you know, I appreciate Luke for bringing up last week at the very end of the episode when both listeners had already shut us off. You know, it's like, hey, either decide that you're going to jump in and help or don't. And I'm not necessarily talking about troops or whatever, but you have to have some teeth. Either get in there and do it or don't. And right now with what we're doing, just say you don't care. I, you know, I'm just like, hey, it's a sovereign country. They got to be able to defend themselves. They're not part of NATO. They had chances to do it in the past. They didn't for whatever the reasons are. Um 
you know, hey, Barry, maybe we shouldn't we shouldn't have overthrown the government in 2014. You know, we won't bring that up. Uh, we won't bring up, you know, Crimea and all that other good stuff. So it's like, hey, just act, just tell them you don't care. Provide the assistance if you want to do another Afghan type thing with, with you know, this, the old Soviet days and, you know, just, you know, wash it. But, but the other thing is this. There's nothing else to focus. You know, there's nothing else to pivot to because everything else sucks so bad. I think they're actually probably happy about the Ukraine. Because again, you're not talking about the border. You're not talking about inflation. You're not talking about gas prices. Yada yada yada. It keeps going. Um, and I know I'm getting a little winded here, so I'll turn it over to Josh here in a minute. But you know, ability to sue gun makers. You know, that's the one thing <laughs> that CNN is like. This is false. I'm like, yeah, because wasn't Remington? Was it Remington or Smith and Wesson? Like, uh, what was the Parkland uh, shootings? They got sued, and I don't know if they settled or. You remember that, Josh? Uh, that was so. That was the uh, that was the Sandy Hook. Oh, uh, school shooting yeah in connecticut so they settled um out of court it, it never it, it never went to court um you know i i don't think they i don't think they should have settled um but that's a you know that's a story for another day but yeah so i mean that's a you know and uh, uh, just real quick are we going to start suing car manufacturers for drunk drivers are we going to start selling you know are we going to start suing alcohol uh distilleries for for drunk drivers like what like how how far does this go yeah i don't understand that like i and again i haven't heard the court cases because it is telling you know we talk about some of the big cases up at scotus and uh, to actually hear them and hear the argument played out it kind of gives you some uh well i mean it just gives you some knowledge right on on why certain things are overturned or certain things are upheld because it's not always about the legality of the law Sometimes it's also process and all the processes that were followed and this and that. And I haven't heard any of the court cases on that, but I agree with you 100%. I mean, just, just common sense tells me that like there is no more, well, it's probably been like this for a while, but there, there is no accountability, right? The government has taken out, it, it goes on with the abortion bill that was at Mississippi passed. I think Florida just passed the same thing, saying 15 weeks. And everybody jumps to step two, three, four, five, and six of everything. And it's like, why don't you start back with step one with personal responsibility? And that's everything from guns to cars. Everybody just jumps to number two. Well, if they didn't have the means, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah, yeah, they probably would have actually, one way or another. You know, they, they, you look statistically across the world, you know, they talk about, you know, places where people are stabbed to death because they don't have a gun or whatever. People are going to find a way. Point being is, how do you take that, that inanimate object and hold that liable for anything? Uh, that is just mind boggling to me. And, and maybe that's just one of those things that we can, uh, you know, do a deep dive into and maybe pull up some court cases and find out, you know, why is that actual ruling, um, you know, the way it is. Then you've got uh, Biden's support for a SCOTUS nominee. Uh, they actually say, you know, this is correct. Uh, I think we called that. Hey, man, we're good. We called that one uh, the, the day that it happened, right? Back when, uh, as soon as uh, Breyer was being forced to retire or whatever, I think we threw her name out there and said, hey, this is our pick. Yep. Um, you know, you're starting to see a, a few folks on the right make a little bit of a stink of it. Uh, the reality is, I mean, she was, what, confirmed like three times, uh, you know, with a majority vote, obviously, with a lot of Republicans. It doesn't change the dynamic of the court at all. It's still 6-3. Um, so it's like, Hey, do you really want to put that fight up? And at the same time, you know, uh, where does the hypocrisy, you know, when does it stop? Because we always complained, uh, you know, with Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and, and any of the Supreme court judges, like, Hey, you're there to ensure that they are qualified and can do the job. Um, uh, you know, looking to their characteristic person of high moral ethics, yada, yada, yada. Outside of that, I mean, the politics are going to be where they're at. And right now you've got a few Republicans that are coming out saying uh yeah josh like five four roberts yeah you know you got a lot of republicans uh coming out already 
you know, well, you know, we need to relook her and this and that. And it's like, Hey man, told her to the same standard that you would want your own folks to be held to, because there was some, you know, there was a little bit of hypocrisy that, you know, that, that creeps in. Uh, and you know, it's kind of funny when you say five, four Roberts, there have been some rumblings that he is going to retire. Um, not today. Uh, and I don't think anywhere, you know, in the next year or whatever, but I could actually see that happening, man. I could actually see this guy. If hell froze over and the Democrats win another presidential term, I could see him retiring during that term because I think one for him, I think he's just tired of playing the role that he's playing. And I think he would actually see it as his duty to ensure that the court is more balanced. Uh, I, you know, and I, I don't know Roberts from anybody else, just other than I read and, and reading into his rulings, whatever, but that's just kind of guy that, you know, I see him as, uh, they talk about energy efficiency, savings of, of climate agenda. So good news, uh, cantiners out there. So by the year 2030, uh, you might save $500 a year in energy costs. Um, I'm not really sure how that works because if everybody has electric cars by then, you're charging them in your house. Uh, I don't know about you guys where you live. I know in Phoenix, uh, electricity is not cheap. So uh, I don't think uh, I'm going to see part of Well, I'm not going to see that $500 savings anyway because I'm not going to buy an electric car. Um, Biden on banning show codes for federal officers. Okay, facts first. This is true. Yeah, he banned for federal officers, uh, which is a very small population because most of it's local law enforcement, state cities, counties, that type of stuff. Not banned, obviously, at the local level. So I guess you could say that. Taxes on those earning less than 400000 We, you know, We beat that up to death. They were like, oh, it needs context. So, uh, and then in the, in the CNN just keeps going on and on and on. But I guess the big thing on the table right now, um, Josh, I kind of want to throw this to you. So you look at Russian oil. Uh, you look at sanctions. And we can jump right into Ukraine. Look at the sanctions, possible sanctions on uh, you know, Russian energy. Uh, so what's your thoughts? I mean, is it something that we should push, you know, a, a broader sweeping sanction on, you know, the totality of, of Russian energy, which which the difference is for the listeners out there, obviously sanctions means that nobody can buy the oil, right? Nobody can buy the energy theoretically, um, as opposed to uh, if we just say we're not going to, right, then it's only the, the U.S. And I think private companies, are they're already saying that, uh, you know, a lot of the private companies, I think they said last week or something like that, we imported zero barrels of Russian oil where private companies are actually turning them away. So it's not even the federal government. Private companies are like, no, we're not going to do it. However, there was a crack in the armor because uh, I think it was uh, either today or yesterday or what have you, Shell ended up buying some Russian oil because they were offered a 20% discount, um, you know, per barrel of crude oil, which I guess in the crude oil industry is unheard of. So, you know, some of the the, the commentators and the pundits are like, hey, man, oil gets cheap enough. Russia needs enough money. Uh, they drop those prices enough. Uh, people are going to buy it. So I don't know. What's your thoughts on the uh, on the Russian oil and, and potential uh, sanctions on the energy? That should have been one of the first things we did with sanctions. We should have said so. <clears throat> You can check out the uh, Energy Information Administration website, and it breaks down how many barrels of, you know, energy sources, whether it's crude oil, whether it's, you know, fertilizer, whatever, um, that we purchase from, you know, all the various countries in the world, uh, you know, from OPEC, and it, you know, it, it, it breaks it down. So they obviously don't, you know, 2022 is not out yet, but in 2021, of the 7.86 million barrels per day we imported, the majority came from Canada. Canada 4.13 million barrels, 52 and you know 52.5% of what we purchased per day. Mexico came in second at 750,000 uh, barrels per day, 9.6%. 
the imports that we got from outside North America. So we purchased 540,000 barrels a day. That was only 6%. So only 6% of our daily purchases of oil came from Russia, right? That was the top non-continental US, you know, continental uh, contributor. And then the the rest of it all came from OPEC countries like, you know, Saudi and, and UAE. And so here's what I don't understand. When Jen, when, when Jen Psaki's up there and she said, you know, well, the the reason for inflation and the reason for high gas prices is because Russia's invading Ukraine. But then when, you know, you're like, well, why aren't you, why didn't you immediately sanction our purchasing, you know, Russian oil? And she said, well, it's only a small percentage. Okay. Well, if it's only a small percentage, then why is inflation, why do gas prices go so high? And she can't answer that because it doesn't, because those two just did, they don't make sense. What they're doing is this is a, you know, they are, they are waging war on the fossil fuel industry to try and, you know, they are going to try and ram the alternative energy sources down our throat now. And it, they're, they're going to destroy the economy in the process. And they don't care. They, 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 they truly, truly don't care. Um, as far as the, you know, as far as the COVID stuff in the state of the union, you know, one of the things that really irked me was, and I just got to say this, um, you know, yeah, no, no, Luke, that, that's a great point. You know, the waging war only on our industry. We're not waging war on Russia. We today, today, we sent 49 and a half million U.S. taxpayer dollars to Russia to buy oil today. So put that in your, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, so on the COVID piece, one thing Biden, you know, Biden said, Biden, you know, he got up there and I just, you know, it, I was incensed when he said it. He's like, let's not use COVID, you know, as a means to divide us. And I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit right there. You know, let's, you know, let's, let's, you know, treat it for what it is, a damn deadly disease. And, you know, let's come together in unity and all that, that crap. And but no, no, people, people need to know, people need to remember what, was done to them over the last two years. I mean, think about, you know, when COVID first started, what did we do? We arrested, we, dude, we arrested a man playing in the park with his kid by themselves. We arrested a guy out paddleboarding in the ocean by himself. We pushed sand into skate parks. They put locks and chains on swings. They locked up basketball hoops. Also, you couldn't be outside. Just because, and it was all for show, people died in hospitals by themselves. People died in nursing homes because Andrew Cuomo knowingly, intentionally put COVID-infected patients inside nursing homes. Killed thousands. Killed thousands. Kids. We set kids back years on learning and speech. And these people, these people want the unity. People lost their jobs. People were fired from their jobs for not getting a vaccine. And now Pfizer released some of that data. Did you guys see the, the list of side effects from the data? Bro, it was linear feet, a paper of side effects. That was, that was the science they didn't want to tell you about. Dude, we, Who knows what's going to happen? I think we put up a blog uh, about a month or two ago, and we started talking about like the mild and moderate side effects. And it's yeah. pretty interesting. You go in there and look at the look at their definition of mild and moderate. Yes, 
you take a look at that, and then I forget what it was, and Luke, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like one in 30, one in 35 people died. We destroyed the country. We destroyed the economy. Wait, 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 wait. Real quick. Can you clarify that? One in 35 people died of during the uh, During the trials, when they did the... Uh, when they were doing some of the trials. And I, Is that I, right? I got to go. So I'll, I'll go back and look and verify that. Um, that was... That sounds crazy. If that's true, that's that's insane. That's, was, that's insane, dude. Yeah. Or what? It might have been one in 35 had, you know, severe, severe side effects. Um, I'll, I'll go back and, and and make sure that that's, that's straight. I'll, I'll go fact check myself. Um, but no... There, no, we will not have unity. I don't want to be unified with those people. I don't want. I don't want to live near them. I don't want them in my country. I don't want them to be part of. I don't want them to be part of the nation because they don't deserve to be. Um, so I'm going to get off that and uh, and throw it over to uh, throw it over to Luke. Um, I've got I've got a lot more say on uh, on the Ukraine, but I'm going <laughs> to stop. I'm going to stop with the COVID yeah. piece. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I yeah. think we all. I think what I know Roger's tired of talking about it, and frankly, so am I. Uh, but I think it bears some discussion. So, unfortunately, probably a good deal of this podcast is going to be spent on Ukraine, not necessarily like what's going on there, but maybe more people's reactions to it. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Well, you know what? We'll play it from the hip. How about that? A couple things, a couple more things, I, you know, because we always do that. Roger, am I okay as far as my uh, distance from the mic right now? Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so a couple things from the State of the Union. First of all, uh, first of all, those of you watched on YouTube, uh, and there's there goes my dog. Can you hear? Can you hear the dog? It's a good dog, Coda. It's a good guard dog. But first thing on the on the State of the Union that I wanted to uh, touch on, I forgot about was we all saw something very unique. And I don't think a, a lot of people realized it when they saw it. You know, we talk about Alex Jones and saying that, you know, we're, we're, we are ruled by lizard people and things like that. Well, congratulations, folks. <laughs> it's right, Josh. During, during the uh, State of the Union address, we very nearly got to see Nancy Pelosi shapeshift in front of our very eyes. When Joe Biden started talking about burn pits, she does one of these numbers. Ooh, it was so weird, man. It was so weird. Do, do Josh, do, do your impression again. Do your impression again. Yeah, it, it, just like that. It was it was the strangest thing. I think she was about to shapeshift into a lizard person. You know, I don't know. Another thing, Roger, you talked, you uh, touched on Katanji uh, Brown Jackson. I, I thought immediately when he mentioned her, he was going to mention her skin color, and he didn't, which I thought was I thought that was very interesting. I mean, that's that's good. That's good that he didn't. You know, he talked about her qualifications and so on and so forth, but he didn't mention her skin color, which that should have never factored into it anyway. I certainly hope she is the best qualified candidate. So I guess I'll, you know, let, let's let's split it up a little bit. And I'll, uh, Roger, no offense, but I'm going to kick it to Josh on this one. Um, I think this Ukraine situation right now, just judging by social media, some messages I've gotten, uh, some posts to my own personal Facebook page, uh, Twitter, so on and so forth. I think this Ukraine situation right now is really underscoring a serious case of tribalism within the U.S. Um, there was the tribalism with COVID, and 
man, I'm all over the place, but I'm going to jump back to now. I'll, I'll save the COVID for later. But we had two tribes uh, during COVID, basically, maybe 2.6 or something like that. But with this one, this Ukraine situation, it's fracturing and splintering into, I don't know, six or seven different tribes on what we should do and the way forward and things like that. So, you know, I saw something real interesting today. Uh, Josh posted something about, you know, it's always bad to fire artillery onto nuclear power plants. That's never good. And the great, intelligent, ever vocal Cassandra Fairbanks, and I think she's the executive editor at uh, TimCast.com, came back to Josh and said, people like this are hopeless. I mean, she actually tried to, she, she retweeted uh, Josh's uh, tweet and was trying to drag him and said, people like this are hopeless. And it's like, well, wait a minute. How, how is that? I mean, shelling nuclear power plants is a bad thing. Well, you're hopeless for thinking that. I think her point was uh, Josh is hopeless for believing, you know, whatever propaganda is out there. So I started reading through the tweets, you know, because, you know, there are sycophants of Cassandra Fairbanks. I have no idea why. But there are sycophants who started piling on Josh for, for saying that. And I, I started looking through their tweets and I, I was like, you know what? They are basically right in line with the Russian government's official press releases on what happened at that nuclear power plant. So Josh, give me, give me your thoughts on that, man. I was, I was completely blown away. I, and I, I'd really like to address this. Yeah. So I, so I, you know, I saw that I was up this morning. I got a like, crazy old man early this morning. And, uh, before I went and, you know, knocked out some, uh, some PT, you know, I was scrolling through the, uh, you know, through the Twitter cesspool and, and, and saw that because right before I went to bed last night and you guys, you know, you guys saw it too, was there was a, uh, you know, there was a tick, um, troops in contact, uh, you know, the Russians and the Ukrainians are going at it and they are at the, the largest nuclear, nuclear power plant in Europe. It's the ninth largest in the world. And, you know, there was a, there was a building on fire. You know, they said it was the administrative, you know, one of the old administrative buildings that was on fire. And I was thinking back, I was like, okay, so first off, Ukraine doesn't have the best, you know, the best track record um, when it comes to nuclear power plants. If everybody remembers, you know, 1986 when Chernobyl melted down and it, you know, it did some damage, it, you know, it did, did a little damage. And so, re, you know, what, regardless of what side of, you know, the, the aisle you're on, whether you're, you know, whether you're out there supporting Russia for whatever, God knows whatever reason, um, or you're supporting Ukraine, I think we can all agree that, hey, if we're going to have, you know, a running gun battle and, and, and stuff, can we not do it at a nuclear power plant? Like that would just probably, that would probably be the best thing for the world. Just don't do it at a nuclear power plant. And that was what I was getting at, you know, when, uh, you know, when I tweeted that. And then, so I go, I knock out PT, I come back like, you know, 40 minutes later and I, you know, pick up my phone and like, it is blow. Like I got notifications all over. Blow. I was like, what in the world? And yeah, she was, you know, she was trying to drive me be like, you're hopeless. And I was like, hopeless. Like, because, because I don't want gunfights and fires at nuclear power plants. Cause those are bad. Like, I think we can all agree. Like fires at nuclear power plants are bad. Even worse is, you know, gun battles and tanks and artillery. Like those are bad at nuclear power plants too. Um, I, I I thought that was something we could all agree on, but what I'm seeing, and you know, we were talking about it later, is they were literally 
retweeting they they some folks were saying no that's not what happened that's propaganda that's fake news because that's what the ukrainians said and they were saying this never happened like it never happened there's video of it there is i mean there is video of this happening and they're like this never happened or they're like no that's not exactly what happened and what they're stating happened is exactly what's coming out of the russian media they're restating Russian talking points on Timcast. Tim Pool is restating Russian talking points, which I was done with Tim Pool. You know, we talked about it, uh, you know, a, a while back, and his, you know, his his thing with Jack Murphy um, and him, you know, elevating Jack Murphy to, you know, some some ivory tower. And I was just like, really? And but you go through Twitter, and that's what you see now. You talk about those tribes, Luke. That's what you're seeing. Either you are supporting Ukraine or you are, I got called a, a quote, Russia fanboy. Um, be, <laughs> all because, you know, all because Dude. I said <laughs> Russia, I, all because I said <laughs> Russia is going to win this war. Barring, barring NATO from, step, you know, stepping in, Russia is going to win this. There's, I just, it's like- there's no way. It's like a team. It's like the. It's like the the Patriots being up on the Dolphins. You know, forty nine to three with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and you tweeting out. You know, the Patriots are going to win this game. Yeah, you <laughs> Patriots fanboy. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, it was just so. I'll, I'll I'll throw it back over to you. But yeah, man, it is like we I, like I, I've seen it, and now that we talked about it this morning, I see it like I see it more and more. Like it's it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> You know, it's the, it's kind of like, dude, I'm, I'm almost starting to pull a Josh here where, uh, you just get, you get tired of it, man. You get tired of people. Like I literally sat there and I, I forget what the exact statement he even made now, but like Hannity the other night basically said, we just need to go to war. We just need to go and just bomb the shit out of Moscow and you know, this and that. And, you know, we've had the conversation about no fly zones and, you know, there's basically, you know, you have two types of, of no fly zones. You can have a declared and then an opposed. And it's like, Hey, um, you know what that means, though. That means that you have to be prepared to shoot down, you know, Russian jets, right? Uh, and, and I'm sure the Russians aren't going to be too happy with that. Now, again, you can argue maybe that's a road that you need to go down. You know, maybe war is the is the end result that that some folks are looking for. I know some war hawks are, uh, but man, I mean, you basically have a lot of people out there. One, they're talking out of the side of their ass, and it's uh, you know they're talking about actions that they're not looking at the, you know, the military, we call it the second, third, fourth orders of effect, right? So you impose a no-fly zone, which then means that we got to get up there and fly and, and enforce it. So then what happens? Well, then the Russians fly a jet over. So then when, what happens, you know, how do we impose that? Well, we got to shoot it down. So then what happens? Then it escalates, right? Because you did, you took one action, kind of like the Biden administration, uh, because you took one action, they're going to be second, third, fourth orders of effect that lead to war. And, and if that's part of the foreign policy, then, you know, you can debate that and you can argue whatever. But these folks just willy nilly throwing stuff out there. It's just like, holy cow, man. I mean, are you really ready to go to war uh, over that? And, and maybe they are. I don't know. But I can see a lot of folks that, uh, you know, it's just like, man, I'm just done with them. It's like, you know, like you said, with the with the nuke plant. I mean, and I guess they came back immediately after that. They're like, well, <laughs> it didn't hit one of the six reactors. It just hit the admin building. That's like a hundred feet away from the, the six reactors. Oh, oh, okay. We're good now because you hit the admin building. It's like, what are you doing even targeting that place? All right. I, it goes down to what Luke said. I'm more worried about screw ups. 
You know, the guy that didn't carry the one over on the artillery round or whatever, you know, he didn't carry, a, you know, the, the nine to the zero. And next thing you know, you're 100 feet off or you're 50 feet off. And then, uh, you know, you got like what, what I think Josh was talking about. You know, people are like, well, why don't you just turn it off? Like it's a like it's a light switch, you know, so you can just sit there and be like, ah, oh, you know what? We're cutting the nuke plan off. And, and you know, of course, you have all these uh, nuclear scientists on all over Twitter, you know, oh, well, you know, they can just, you know, remove the core and then, yeah, they're good to go. I'm like, uh, you know what? I don't know a whole lot about nuke plants, but I don't think that's kind of how it works. But it's uh, so, you know, in that aspect, you know, I, I think we've all said this and it becomes even harder. And this is probably why, at least for me, this is the time where I really do enjoy Twitter um, because it's just, dude, it's successful, right? The people that are involved, you know, most of the people that, that go in there and read and comment or whatever. But I do like following the independent journalists because that's really how you kind of wade through all the BS because there's propaganda out there and, and, you know, make no mistake about it. There's propaganda on both sides of the house between the Russians and the Ukrainians and allies of both sides. So everybody's going to do things to make themselves look better, um, and, and to gain support or whatever. So you really, it becomes very hard to conduct due diligence, find out what's right, what's not right, this and that. The fact is Russia is in Ukraine. That in itself is wrong. Uh, you know, I don't think it's the God bless it, man. If you, if you listeners out there have not gone back to hear Kamala Harris's, uh, what was the, the, what was it? A, uh, I think it was a radio show, right? That she was on. What yep. is wrong with that? Late? So, you know, Ukraine is, is a small country and it's next to Russia, a bigger country. And the bigger country decided that they wanted to invade Ukraine, the smaller country. And that's basically kind of bad. So, Dude, real quick on that one, Roger, I'm glad you brought that up because I definitely would have forgotten. The question to her was, and don't get comfortable because I'm going to kick it right back to you. Don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. Go to sleep in that comfortable room you're in. The question, the question that was asked to her was, explain to the layperson what's going on between you, you, uh, Ukraine and Russia. And she went about explaining to the layperson. That's, that's, that's us. Right. Not us, but most people. The layperson is someone who, you know, has a, at least has a high school education. Right. And she went on to explain it to someone that's in the first freaking grade. I thought that was incredibly insulting to the American people. This is your vice president. It might be insulting unless that's the way she understands it. And that's the way she understands it. That, that, that's the problem. Because there's nothing else that she's done that, you know, leads me to believe that she has any grasp of what's going on over there. I mean, seriously, think about it. Look at, you know, every every task that she's been giving, I think in her mind, that's like, you know, and, and I bet, you know what, I mean, you laugh, somebody in her cabinet was like, and I'm not kidding. They were like, look, they pulled out a piece of paper and they're like, let me draw this for you. They're like, let's pretend that's Russia. That's a big country. And then this smaller country is the Ukraine. And this bigger country went into that. I mean, I, dude, I'm telling you, she had a staffer do that for, you know, and the big, I'll tie this back in with the uh, State of the Union. But her response to that, and I haven't really heard from the administration or any of the officials, she missed an opportunity there to really give the so what, why we should care, why should the American people care? 
she missed an opportunity, right? You're, you're laying it out for the layperson. Um, you had an opportunity to say, hey, this is what's going on. It's wrong. Uh, this is why we should care. Or this is, you know, we don't care. Whatever. Whatever the, the case may be. What I... Uh, Going back to the State of the Union, and, and Josh, tell me if you, you know if you see it different. I almost thought, you know, I think if if, if it had been during Barry's years or, or even Bill Clinton's years, this was a point to pivot for the administration. I mean, they could have really pivoted on a lot, right, and got away with a whole lot, um, because you know we know the Green New Deal, and we know how the progressives from the left, you know, how far they try to push them, uh, you know, farther to the left. But this is a spot where you know, with, with poll numbers that are just going through the floor. I mean, even like your left wing pollsters or, you know, they have in the thirties, which means he's probably like at 20. Um, but you see everything is going South. Basically every decision he's made has been wrong. Uh, the, the effects have been exactly 180 from what he said was, you know, was, was what was going to happen. But I thought that the Ukraine situation, uh, when you look at state of the union, that's a point that he could have pivoted, right? I mean, couldn't his campaign, that's when you say, Hey, look, man, I'm all for climate change, you know, you know, rectifying that I'm all for, you know, taking, you know, progressive actions, this and that, but Hey, we got a war going on in Ukraine right now. We have to help these folks. Uh, you know what? I'm opening up some federal, it gives a reason, right? I'm going to open up some federal lands. Uh, we're going to do a couple new leases to get through this stuff. Uh, because you know, you've got like Jen Psaki saying, well, you know, Opening up those lands right now wouldn't produce oil for another year because you're already you're so far down that road. You should have never closed them to begin with. You wouldn't have this problem. You're in the problem. And that's the you know, that's the issue is there is no foresight. It's like, hey, where are we going to be a year from now? Maybe you should really look into opening some of these things back up. But I really felt they missed an opportunity. And maybe it's just them sticking to their guns. I mean, maybe you feel different. But it's uh, I felt that was an opportunity when they could have really pivoted uh, on energy you know, try to get some control over, you know, they're already, you already see the gas prices, right? They're, they're blaming the gas price, you know, increases on, uh, you know, Ukraine and Russia. It's like, Hey, gas has been going up for the last year. Okay. Now, obviously this isn't helping it out, uh, but gas was already on its way up. So let's not, let's not pretend that, you know, the, the cost of beef is, is, is skyrocketing because of Ukraine right now. It's been going up, you know, they're trying to tie all that in, but I do feel they missed an opportunity where they could have really pivoted uh, and then continued along the line with, hey, man, what you're seeing now, you know, again, the gaslighting, what you're seeing now is a result of what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. And oh, by the way, we're doing our part, right? Didn't, didn't Jen Psaki say that, you know, standing up for your principles sometimes costs money or whatever. That's great. So what have we been doing for the last 14 months? You know, I mean, uh, this is all just recent. But do you think they missed an opportunity to pivot uh, to where maybe he could have taken some actions to not really appease the left. They'd have been pissed off, but you appease the right and maybe get a bounce in his poll numbers. I think it was absolutely a, you know, a chance to pivot because at the end of the day, you know, they, they don't cart him out, uh, too often, you know, in front of the, uh, you know, in front of the microphone. Um, you know, when he did that two hour presser, that was probably the longest anybody had seen him in months, you know, all at once. And, and, and dude, you know, there were people, you know, there were people sweating bullets on that one, you know, especially as his binders were just like, how dude, especially when it come, you know, Q and a time and they're like, dude, now he's, you know, he's freestyling. Like, you know, that it, it, it could have went anywhere. State of the union. You know, as long as you read what's on the page, Joe, you, you know, you'll be okay. I think it was absolutely an opportunity for them to pivot. But like you said, he's been, you know, he just, they can't help themselves. 
you know, not to, not to screw up, um, you know, when the foreign policy piece that we, you know, he's backed himself into, you know, multiple corners on foreign policy, you know, I mean, Bob Gates warned everybody, you know, when Bob Gates said, Hey man, Joe Biden has been wrong on every major foreign policy decision in the last 40 years. Um, you know, he, he warned everybody, we can't, we can't shut off the Russian gas now because prices would go even higher, but we can't, you know, so we got to buy the Russian gas because prices are going higher because we're not producing anymore at home because, you know, they shut down the Keystone pipeline. They closed off uh, federal lands for drilling. You know, they stopped fracking. Um, you know, all of that stuff adds up. And, you know, it, and now, you know, he, they, for some reason, you know, when the UN voted to, you know, say, you know, basically Russia bad, not that the UN's a relevant organization anyway, you know, they turned around, India abstained. Um, and you know, now we're like, well, we're thinking about sanctioning India and it's like, really your, your lone nuclear ally and you know, the sub, you know, the, the sub Indian continent in that part of the world, you want to sanction because they didn't, it's like, they told you why they told you why they were going to do it. And so that part is just, it's just the whole thing. It's a calamity of errors, you know, con- constantly with this administration and they're going to get us into a war. I think they're going to get us into a war anyway. Um, they're sending Kamala Harris back over to Warsaw to to do what I don't know. Um, you know that that's why I don't think they're taking this very seriously because you don't send Kamala Harris who broke down. You know, well, Ukraine's a little country and, and Russia's a big country, and the big country invaded the little country, and that's bad. You don't send a serious person to do that. You don't send a serious person to handle a situation like, uh, you know, you don't send that person to handle a serious situation like this. So I, I, I don't think they're giving it. It's it's proper due, um, you know. And, you know, a lot of people are upset with this. And, you know, this is one of the things, again, the, you know, quote, Russia fanboy. Um, is Russia is going to take Ukraine. That is going to happen. That is simply a matter of time and numbers. It is not on Ukraine's side. And barring, you know, barring somebody stepping in and helping them, it's just, it's going to happen. So, you know, just a quick, you know, sit temp on, on where they're at right now. So right now they've almost got uh, the Ukrainian army that's over in the Donbass. They almost have them encircled. Uh, you know, basically they're engaged to the east and, they're trying to do a, a pincher move, you know, coming in from the north and coming up from the south on uh, on the Ukrainian forces that are in the Donbas. So there's going to have to be, you know, either they've got to disengage to to get out of there, you know, before uh, that that closes, or they're going to have to, you know, it's going to be breakout. It's going to be like, you know, it's going to be like the Battle of the Bulge. Um, they're going to have to figure out a way to that. They're almost completely cut off from the Black Sea. So, you know, here soon they are going to be totally landlocked, uh, you know, with, with support only coming in in the West through, uh, through Poland. Um, and what we've seen is Russia has been completely embarrassed, you know, on the world stage uh, with, you know, all the, all the tactical issues they've had. A lot of these abandoned vehicles and stuff, and, the, you know, the, these are, this is, this goes back to you know Luke's point about the tribe. People are like, "Well, this is all staged. This isn't real." Because look at all these vehicles; they're just abandoning these vehicles. And you're like, "No, man, look at the tires on that vehicle. Those tires are shredded. See those leaks coming out from the you know that center of the tire? That's because that vehicle sat for a year, and then they went out, they cranked it up, and they're like, "All right, time to go to war, boys." And you know they didn't do any 
preventive maintenance checks and services on it. Nobody was out there. No, no, you know, private Ivan wasn't out there with his dash 10, you know, making sure they didn't do a rollout, you know, once a month. So, you know, you can't just let vehicles sit up and then all of a sudden crank them up and, you know, drive them a couple hundred miles and, you know, giddy up. Um, so Russia has been completely embarrassed on the world stage and they're not in the mood to negotiate right now. Um, you know, they, they want to be a world power. They want to be a superpower. And the only way that they can do that now at this point is to leave absolutely zero decision about who the victor is. And, you know, you take a look at the last, probably the last 48 hours, they have come out and that was that Russia, you know, we talked about it at the beginning. So Luke and I, you know, we talked about it in our last episode. It was like, man, this is not the Russia, you know, that we all, we know, like, what are they doing? And then it came out and was like, oh, there's cluster munitions, you know, in downtown on, you know, a civilian apartment building. There's the Russia we know, you know, they are starting to absolutely level some cities. Um, it's, it's just... And, you know, Russia couched this as, you know, we're going to, you know, denazify, you know, Ukraine and, and, and this and that. And it was like, OK, well, how do you do that? You come in and you scorch the earth because that's how you would expect it. If it, is, if it is such a threat that you have to invade it, well, then you've got to use the appropriate amount of force to get rid of that threat. Right. If it's an existential threat to you, you have to get, you have to use that that level of force. Um, it's just we've seen, you know. The MLRS uh, used on civilian population centers. Um, you know, we've seen airstrikes, especially in Kharkov. Um, there's pictures now coming out. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, is dude, it's, it's rubble. Um, and you know, so now some people are asking themselves, it's like, which I think is absolutely completely ridiculous. Uh, you know, they're talking about, well, should we really, you know, tell the Ukrainians? Should we really encourage them to fight back? Because you know, it's just going to make the Russians, you know hit them harder and and start leveling places, which I think that's absolute nonsense. Don't capitulate. Don't ever capitulate. You know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, man, if the, if the big red hordes coming, you know, coming over the hill, like fighting to the last man, I'm definitely not going to, uh, to capitulate to them. So, you know, and then people were, you know, people were like, well, it should, you know, they were supposed to be in Kiev and, you know, two days and three days, you know, because we took we took Baghdad and, you know, in two weeks, three weeks, I was like, yeah, we had air superiority on day one. You know, we did <laughs> our, our vehicles didn't run out of fuel. You know, we stressed our supply lines pretty thin, especially, you know, third infantry division on the push up through the Karbala Gap. Um, but, it, you know, it wasn't that. I mean, it took it took Germany 26 days to conquer Poland. Right. Um, and then it took them six weeks to conquer France, but they, you know, they had to drive a little ways and, and, and they didn't encounter a lot of resistance. So, you know, the, the resistance that they're encountering in Ukraine, I don't think they expected it. Uh, and Ukraine's, you know, just a little bit smaller than the state of, of Texas. And uh, so, you know, Russia, at the end of the day, Russia has the numbers. They're going to, they, they are going to eventually win this. And, you know, they're going to, they're going to encircle Kiev. And at the end of the day, if they have to turn it into Grozny, they're going to turn it into Grozny. Uh, you know, and, and Grozny's, Kiev's going to look like Grozny at the end of the second Chechen war. It's just going to be rubble. Um, and so, 
you know, people can say, oh, you know, that's Russia talking points if you, you know, they want, but that's, that's just the truth. And that's absolutely what's going to happen. Barring, you know, some negotiated ceasefire and, you know, whatever, but I don't see Ukraine doing that. I think Ukraine's too far down the road uh, to, uh, you know, to turn around and, and, and start making concessions and, and uh, now, and I don't think Russia is going to, going to allow it anyway. So that's my rant, that's, Luke. Um, that's a very, that's a very well thought out rant, Josh. Um, that's a compliment. <laughs> it's good. Some good points in there. So Roger and I were texting back and forth after Josh went, went to bed last night. And I think we're all each, each and every human being on earth is, is absolutely, uh, not without flaw. And I think sometimes in our thinking, we make some uh, logical mistakes in our thinking. And Roger brought up a really uh, great uh, logical fallacy called the mirror image fallacy, where we tend to look at the world uh, and compare it to things we've seen in the past. And, and more often than not, those are things that we've seen in the more recent past. And for us as Americans, you know, uh, if you're roughly the same age as, as us in the cup, uh, the one of the big one of the big ones you'll remember first off is Desert Storm. Uh, first we had Desert Shield, then we had Desert Storm, and man, we just you know uh, mopped the floor with the Iraqis. You know, uh, then you had you know uh, the Balkans, right? You know, we brought Serbia to their knees with a with an air campaign, and that turned into a big mess. But it happened fairly quickly. Then we had Afghanistan, right? I mean, that we all know that didn't turn out well in the long run. But man, we had bases in Afghanistan in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, then you had Iraq, you know, the most recent time we went in there. That was a fairly quick one, too, as far as like toppling the government or whatever you want to call it. So I think that I won't say the three of us. I'll just say I kind of fell into that mirror mirror image fallacy of, well, it's going to look a lot like it looked when we went into you know, Iraq Desert Storm. It's going to look a lot like Afghanistan. Uh, it's going to look a lot like Iraq. Now, there might be a protracted insurgency in Ukraine after the Russians come in and just envelop the whole thing, uh, but it'll be quick. And I think a lot of other people are falling into that trap too. Why is this taking so long? And if you sit down and ask yourself why, like we asked last week, you remember we, you know, we 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 both said. You know, when, when you're seeing things on the news, when you're seeing things play out like they are, you have to ask yourself, why is this happening? You have to put some serious thought to it. And Josh covered it pretty well. And I think we called it last week and we may have been slightly mistaken, but it was like, when is Putin going to go back to the old order of battle? Uh, which where it's MLRSs and artillery and cluster munitions and the father of all bombs, thermal barrack, you know, weapons that just are absolutely devastating. When is that going to happen? Well, we're starting to see it. And it may not be, Josh, it may not be, and I'm not going to kick it to you, so don't even get, don't even start getting excited. Don't give me that look. <laughs> but Josh, you know, it may not be what we said it was last week, which was, well, when he feels like he's backed into a corner, he's just going to do this. You know what it may be? It may be that this was his plan all along. You know, a slow, protracted, let's go back to old school, you know, he may be trying to take it back to old school Russian, uh, German, well, maybe not German, but old school order of battle where it's like, hey, man, this is an invasion and we're going to slowly eat away at your country a until it's just ours. 
And I, I think last night, you know, because, you know, my wife's asked me questions about this because, you know, she doesn't track this stuff like, like we do. She wasn't in the military. She doesn't have this, this background. So I was, I was lining it out to her. I was like, you see all those red? Cause we watch Fox, of course. You know, I was like, you see all that, all that red on the map. It's kind of on the, on the Eastern end of Ukraine. Like Josh said, they've cut off the Black Sea. You see that now, three weeks from now, this is what it'll look like. And I, I lined out a little bit more red and I was like, and two months from now, this is what it'll look like. And basically, it's all red except Western Ukraine, maybe. Okay? So this, I agree with you, Josh. I think this is a protracted invasion. I don't think it's going to change. I also don't think that people, you know, veterans who, you know, PCS after seven years should be banding themselves together and being like, let's go to Ukraine and fight off the Ruskies. I think that's a bad idea, bro. I think that's a really bad idea. If you're really that serious about it, you're not going to accomplish anything by doing that, by getting four of your bros and going over there to fight the Ukraines, asking, you know, for, you know, hey, does anybody got any MVGs I can borrow? You know, I, I just, I think that's a bad idea. That's, that's kind of a, that's kind of an aside. But dude, you know, like we said, what did we say last week? What would Reagan do, right? WWRD, what would Reagan do? Invade Moldova. I think, you know, right off the bat. Let's, you know, let's send the 82nd Airborne Division into Moldova. Well, what's going on right now? There's a disputed territory with 1,500 Russian troops in, in Moldova, Transnistria, I think it's called, who, who's saying, we demand independence. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't have been doing that if the entire 82nd Airborne Division was sitting in Moldova right now. Moldova is, is on the border of Ukraine and Romania, for those of you who don't know. And Moldova is not in NATO. So Moldova is a quasi, it's a little bit like Ukraine uh, and it's a mess. But dude, I, I'm getting a little miffed uh, at people saying they listen to us and then asking questions that we covered a year, year and a half ago, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It's, it's, um, I, I just hope that people are paying attention. It's not we're the smartest people in the world, but we've called we've called a lot of things with this, particularly Putin. Um, I mean, the guy's not a madman. Okay, he's just an effing Russian dictator. Okay, this is how Russian dictators act. This is how strong Russian dictators act. It's not a damn madman. So, these people who want seem to want to go to war, seem to want to have a no-fly zone seem to want to send U.S. troops in there. Best case scenario, we send them in and the no nukes start flying. Have you people not been paying attention to what's been going on the past 20 years? Things did not go well in Afghanistan. Things were a mess in Iraq, Syria. The list goes on. Does anyone honestly think it'll be different this time? Do you think that the generals now have just had some brilliant awakening and they're going to be able to take on the Russian war machine any better than the Taliban or an insurgency. It's, it's a mess folks. You do not want this. You don't want it. So yeah, I'll, I'll let you cover that, Josh. I, I want to throw one thing out there. now. I'll, I'll save the Chernobyl comment for maybe another time, but Roger, Roger said it best. I think it's like these and Josh too. These are very sensitive, sensitive devices that we don't honestly, we don't truly understand them as well as we should. They're not truly as safe. That's not a Gen 4 nuclear reactor. 
there's stuff that could go wrong with that. You have no idea. And when it goes wrong, it's like, holy shit, how did that happen? And then a bunch of scientists got to get together and figure out why. Dude, go back. If, if Folks, if you haven't seen an HBO special Chernobyl, go back and watch that. This, this I guarantee you, I don't have the, the facts uh, right in front of me, but I guarantee you this nuclear plant was probably built within 10 years after, 10 to 15 years after the Chernobyl plant was built. So the bottom line is, though, Josh, with Cassandra Fairbanks and all her sycophants who think that, you know, think that she'll see their tweets and maybe give them a shout out. The simple fact is, if Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine, there wouldn't have been any shelling or fighting around that nuclear power plant. That's the bottom line. So, you know, you can replay it any way you want, but that's how it is. So, Roger, uh, you can cover Ukraine if you want, but I, I saw something pretty interesting on the on the news. Uh, there was a viral video of DeSantis walking into a uh, speech he was doing at Southern Florida or something. And uh, all the kids were staged back there with masks. And he walks in and, dude, he just had enough. I don't know what had gone on in DeSantis's life that morning, but, dude, he was not in a good mood. And he just looks at those kids. He's like, take them off. Take them off. We're, we're done with this theater. If you want to keep them on, that's fine, but we're not doing this here. Take them off. And some of the kids were like, what? And I think over half those kids took them off. I think there was eight up there. I think maybe five of them took them off and three left them on. And then the, the media just went absolutely apoplectic about it. The View was saying some stuff. And Joy Behar, after she got off her, after she recovered from her horrific fall, I hope the floor is okay. But <laughs> after she recovered from her horrific fall there on The View, they just they just gave DeSantis the business. And, you know, he he appeared on some show last night. I don't remember which one it was. And I, I listened to that dude talk and I'm telling you right now, I want, I want that guy to be my president. I, I like DeSantis a lot. So what are your comments on that video? Uh, I know we touched on COVID. What do you think, man? You know, I was actually surprised at how much the, well, I shouldn't be surprised, but the left like crucified him. MSNBC, CNBC, you know, NBC. I mean, they, like you said, on The View, I mean, they crucified him and, and they're like, who does he think he is? And, and, you know, it's like, hey, it's personal choice. I mean, at this point, you know, we, we've, and we beat this thing to death, you know, ad nauseum, right, over the last two years. But it's like, come on, man, that piece of underwear over your face, everybody knows that does not stop the spread of COVID. We got that. We've gone over the vaccination stuff, you know. I tell you what people need to start doing is they better start paying attention at some of these studies that are that are rolling out about the vaccine, uh, even with you know even with uh, the side effects of the mass over several years, psychological. Uh, you know, you look at your young kids, and we're talking about like your five, six, seven year olds. Uh, you know, in their early development, because it's uh, there was a Swedish study the other day, and and it shouldn't shock me that it didn't catch much. Um, uh, it didn't catch much, you know, many headlines, but I had a guy who was basically trying to troll me on my local account because I went on the Maricopa County page when they were publishing, you know, free vaccinations, da, 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 da. And they found a link and they're studying again, I don't think it's peer reviewed yet. And there's obviously some processes it has to go through, but it's enough to make you raise your eyebrows with like, oh yeah, you know, the CDC claim that, uh, it doesn't interact with your DNA at, you know, at all. Yeah, that's actually wrong. It happens in your liver. You know, and it's uh, I'm following this thing to make, you know, to see how it plays out and what, and what comes of it. But it's funny because, you know, this guy was trying to troll me and he was just like, you know, because I, uh, I, you know, the little meme up there, the the headline, he's like, well, then he, he, he was kind enough to explain to me what fact checking is. 
Uh, so that was good because I didn't know what it was until he he told me that. And he's like, well, fact checking is usually, you know, social media and journalism and da 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 da. And what exactly are you fact checking? Because I couldn't post a screenshot. So I was like, hey, man, just head to the CDC page, da 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 da. And then finally, uh, after going back and forth, you know, several times, I just, you know, did a copy paste with the quotes like, hey, here's the CDC claim. Here is a study that appears uh, to contradict that. Uh, there you go. And then all, you know, all of a sudden it was just like dead silence. And what I'm telling you is for your parents out there and, and these other folks that, you know, even, uh, even us adults, like you better start paying attention to this stuff. Um, you know, it goes back to what Josh was saying. Hey, can we sue Pfizer for any of this stuff? Uh, you know, can we sue the other vaccine makers for any of this stuff? I mean, they're pretty much in a protected class for this. Uh, what DeSantis did, he did what all of us want to do, right? Come on, man. We know it's a joke. Like I get at the very beginning, right? You don't know what's happening. You're trying to, you know, whatever, but every study that's coming out, is like, yeah, everything you've done in the last two years has been wrong. Basically. Um, I, I think us three here and a lot of our listeners and a lot of our viewers and, and, and our circles of folks, uh, they understand that. And, and I think a lot of them are in line with us, but I tell you until the people start fighting back on this stuff, I mean, you know, it, it's like, it really pissed me off when uh, I think it was Las Vegas um, or Nevada when they lifted the mask mandates and they showed all the kids screaming and jumping and, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, look how great. I'm like, you're screaming and jumping because the government gave you your freedom back. Right. That's, you know, I get it. OK, I understand it. Uh, I'm not being obtuse about it. You know, everybody was happy they got the mask off. But you're you're, you're happy that the government allowed you to wear what you want to wear or not wear what you want to wear. Right. It, Josh is posting, you know, thanking your kidnapper when they let you go. It, it, that's exactly what it is. Hey, I feel like I got my freedom back. All right. And and it's, you know, it's time for people to, to you have to start fighting back. Even airlines, like why are we wearing masks on the airlines? Like, I don't understand that. Like everybody else is lifting them. You're still wearing them on the airlines. Well, you know what solves that problem? When everybody on the plane says, we're not wearing masks. When everybody that goes and that's leaving for every single flight says, hey, we're just not doing this. Guess what? Flights are going to take off. That's going to happen. Too much money in it, right? They can't afford to sit there with planes grounded. And that's with everywhere. That's why, you know, my wife and I, when we go out, hey, man, you want to have your mask mandate or whatever? That's great. I'll take my vaccinated money somewhere else. Now, you have to start making those choices. Uh, you know, I am curious to see how this, uh, you know, how this COVID thing, you know, the, the vaccine plays out because now they're talking about, you know, it does interact with your DNA and actually becomes part of your DNA. Uh, and God knows where that thing's going to go, you know, two, three years down the road. Touching back to uh, the Ukraine piece, uh, two more points, and I'll kick it to Josh for whatever his final thoughts on the Ukraine before we move on. One, I have a lot more secure feeling about our overall defense because the Russian army is just not impressing me. Uh, and I agree with everything that Luke said. Like, you know, part of the mirror image fallacy is that the other person, country, entity is going to act the same way you would act presented with the same scenario and situation. And because Putin's not acting the way we would do it, uh, well, then he's a madman, right? That, that's what you've been hearing. All of a sudden, everybody's on the bandwagon that he's a madman. He's crazy. Well, I mean, he is because he's a Russian dictator. Um, you know, you go back all the way to the Brusilov offensive. I mean, the Russians, uh, they have shown they will take casualties. I mean, there were like a, a million people died in that, you know, World War I uh, offensive there. Um, but seeing, you know, minus the, all the strategy and, and whatever, because who knows how that plays out. Uh, I'm just not overly impressed. You know, and when I look at uh, when you look, you know, th through the brief timeline Luke had or gave uh, about you know us toppling other other 
you know, governments and this and that, seeing what the Russians are going through right now, I mean, it just doesn't, uh, doesn't really impress me. Not to say that you should, you know, go in and poke the bear or whatever, but, you know, looking at it from our, and, and maybe it does, you know, if you're a different administration, you do have a uh, position of strength that you can negotiate from where it's like, hey, man, your military pretty much freaking sucks, right? And nobody wants to go down that nuclear, uh, that nuclear path, but like, I, I do believe we can enforce our will a lot more than we're doing. If that's, you know, if that's the course that we're taking the other final, my other final thought on this is, and I'm telling you, watch how this thing plays out. You heard a little bit of it during the state of the union address. Dude, Biden has been like the ultimate community organizer. He pulled Barry's playbook. That's exactly what he's doing. Hey, you know what? We're really not going to do a whole lot. We're just going to kind of sit back and he's going to take credit for forcing the rest of the world to take action against Russia. Right. That's what he's doing. He's going to sit back. Uh, private companies are boycotting Russian goods. Uh, you know, other organizations are other countries are. I think Josh typed up a bunch of stuff with the, uh, you know, the Russian athletes uh, from the Paralympics are turning away planes. Uh, you're talking about the cats and the cat show. It's all going crazy. Right. It's going nuts. But, you know, a lot of these are individual organizations, private organizations that are doing this. And by us not leading from the front, we're kind of sitting in this like, hey, I'm going to lead from the rear. And and he's the kind of leader that will take credit for, you know what? I gave you guys a chance to lead. I gave you guys the opportunity to, to you know, sit on that world stage and and, and really push back a, against the big red horde. You know, and, and I'm telling you, man, mark my words, that's how it's going to play out because you already, you, are, you caught a snippet during the, you know, State of the Union address, right? Uh, hey, NATO's stronger now than it's ever been, and and this and that. And it's like eh, you just kind of took a backseat and you let everybody else, uh, you know, drive this train. So that's my final thoughts on that, Josh. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else on on the Ukraine piece. Josh. Before you go, Josh, let me let me ask let me ask the ask you guys this. I ask you, Josh, since it's your turn, and I'm cutting in. Everyone's all pro Ukraine now. Everybody's got the Ukraine uh, flag in their bio. Uh, Ukrainians are great people, and I'm not saying they're not. Everyone's pro-Ukraine, and last week they couldn't find it on a map. Uh, have no idea about the culture, no idea about the history, but everyone's all pro-Ukraine. So Poland, I think, has so far has taken in close to 600,000 refugees fleeing the war. Uh, the other, the remainder of that from 1.2 million are being spread out through through throughout Europe so far. I think only I think Belarus has only taken a grand total of maybe 10 though. So here's my thing is Poland I don't think can handle 500,000 600,000 refugees. Pretty sure Europe can't either. Uh Germany's not interested in taking in skilled labor only unskilled from North Africa and the Middle East. So how long until we start feeling the refugee impact from Ukraine, which, hey, man, I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm against it. I'm just saying, when's it going to happen? Because I think it's going to. I think we're going to see an influx of Ukrainian and possibly Russian refugees. Well, how do you feel about that? And you think that's a possibility? Or you think I'm all just messed up? No, I think that's a, that's a distinct, definite possibility um, to, you know, for us to take in Ukrainian and, uh, and Russian refugees. I saw Poland do it. And, you know, people were talking about, man, Poland's really, really stepping up. And he's like, hey, man, Poland's done this for a while. Um, 
Poland is one of those countries that does not get the credit it deserves, mainly because Germany's right there and they're attention whores. Um, but Poland, man, they, they are, they have been solid for a very long time. Uh, you know, they, they were solid in, uh, in Afghanistan. They were solid in Iraq. Um, you know, they, I, you know, when, when Trump wanted to move, you know, us troops out of Germany, you know, to Poland, you know, and everybody, you know, was like, oh my God, that's, you know, giving Putin an advantage, even though we were moving them closer to Russia. Um, you know, because people, those same people who couldn't find Ukraine on a map, they can't find Poland on a map either. And, uh, so no, I think it's a distinct possibility and, you know, as long as they're vetted, I'm all for it. Um, you know, so no issue, no issue with that. Uh, a couple things, uh, to close out, you know, my thoughts on, on Ukraine for now is what we are doing to Russians around the world who didn't have a damn thing to do with the invasion is appalling. It is appalling, morally bankrupt. You know how you know how Americans of Japanese descent wound up in internment camps in World War II? This is how. This right here is exactly how. The, the International Paralympic Committee, committee banned Russian and Belarusian athletes for the Paralympic Games that started today, we, I mean, they literally ban handicapped people from competing in the Paralympics, something that those folks probably been, you know, they've been training for forever, and we banned them from the Games. Well, the Paralympic, you know, committee did. Ban them from the Games, why? Because they're Russian. Because they're Belarusian. I'm pretty sure the guy in the handbike with no legs, I'm pretty sure he didn't have a damn thing to do with Putin invading Ukraine. Um, you know, whoever runs the, I don't know what the hell they're called, the, you know, the the cat shows. It's kind of like the, uh, you know, the the Casey, you know, dog shows or whatever. You don't know that? I don't know. Dude, no, I don't, you don't I, know that? I, I don't know that. You, you serious? Yeah, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> I don't know that. So they ban Russian cats. Like Russian cats can't compete in the... I guess there's a breed of cat that, you know, it comes from Russia. They can't compete in the, in the competition. Did the cat have anything to do with Putin invading Ukraine? Really? Um, in Canada, there was a, uh, in a, in one of the soccer leagues up in Canada. Oh, you're, you're a kid. You're a teenager. Oh, you're Russian. You can't, you can't play on the team. That is what's happening right now. That is, dude, that is beyond morally bankrupt. That is absolutely morally bankrupt and it's absolutely insane. Um, you know, so our kids, our oldest, our high school, you know, they've got some kids there that are Russian descent. And, you know, we talked about it. It was like, you know, are they being mistreated? You see anybody be mean to them? You know, like, you know, no, not really. It's like, okay, well, if you do, you stop it, you step in and stop it. Cause that is absolutely complete. It's just complete bullshit. Um, so you don't think you know, kids that age I, are like commies in training or anything like that? I mean, like, should they stop at all or, I mean, kids, kids living in America, um, you know, probably, probably no at that age, probably not commies. Um, unless, I mean, unless they're right. illegals, unless they're illegals, right. you know, maybe, maybe they watch, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch the Americans kind of reblew my hatred for, <laughs> uh, for commies. Um, <laughs> I'll ask and be like, hey, are you guys part of the Russian illegal program? You know, Anna Chapman? <laughs> and they're like, Anna Chapman, yeah. Be like, oh, okay. Come with me. Come with me. We're going to did the you, basement. Did you see the did you see the bar in the UK? I think it was the UK 
that renamed the Moscow Mule the Kiev Donkey. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's. I mean, I was, okay. I was even back in the day, man, <laughs> at, where I was the most, where I was the most jingoistic I've ever been. Right, where on the eve of the invasion of Iraq, where I was like, "America, America," you know. Even back then, when they were like, "We're going to start calling them Freedom Fries," I was like, "Wait, what?" It was so dumb, dude. Freedom fries, freedom toast. It was it just, I mean, all of it is so dumb. And all these people who are like, well, I put the Ukrainian flag in my, you know, in my profile pic and I stand with Ukraine and, oh, we, you know, we put blue and yellow lights, you know, on our house. And, you know, we're, I, you know, it reminds me of that little, was it the Simpsons meme where the kid's picking his nose and it's like, I'm helping. Um, it's just, it, whatever. Those people are dude, effing ridiculous. So- so, dude, you know, this is why it's not even fun to do satire anymore. I, I, I fancy myself somewhat of a satirist, you know, and I think I put out like last week or something before all this started taking off. I was like, I'm boycotting uh, Russian salad dressing because uh, that'll do about as much good as <laughs> as putting a Ukraine flag in my bio. And I was trying to be sat- a satirist. I was like, this is satire. Ban Russian salad dressing. And no joke, dude. Like three days ago, that came across Twitter. I'm not. I'm not eating Russian salad dressing anymore. I'm like, this isn't even fun anymore. Dude, it's not. It becomes reality in less than a week. So Roy, so Roy Cooper, the North Carolina governor, called for a, you know, for all the ABC boards to remove Russian vodka from the shelves of the ABC stores. Right. All right. So two things. One, the store has already bought that. The store has already paid for it. The only person who is losing money on that deal. Is a store owner. That's it. And two, a lot of the Russian vodkas these days, they just carry the name, right? The lineage. They're not even made or bottled in Russia. So, again, what what are we doing? This is such a nonsense. But with what we're seeing, though, what we're seeing, this, real quick, last point, and uh, I'll throw it over to you, is this is the result of 15 years, 20 years of cancel culture. I have to do something, something. I have to do my part, right? This is what we're seeing. This is cancel culture. It is fine. This is cancel culture that's keeping from keeping handicapped folks who didn't have a damn thing to do with the invasion from competing in games that they have trained their entire life for. You're going to tell that handicapped person that they can't compete in the Paralympics. Well, because, well sorry, dude, because you're Russian. But what? That it's this is such bullshit, but this is where we're at as a society, and it's 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 very very bad and dark place to be. But what if he's competing in the games in the future because he participated in the war against Ukraine, and that's how he lost his legs? <laughs> Would you be for it then? <laughs> You're so ridiculous. You're absolutely so ridiculous. I. I mean, depends on how the war turns out, I guess, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, all these people who want to cancel Russian vodka, let me let me tell you. I mean, like Josh said, I think I think the majority of Stoli is now bottled in Pennsylvania or something. I mean, but here here's here's the the fate I wish upon anyone who's like, yeah, Russian vodka. No. The one of the worst alcoholic drinks I've ever had in my life was vodka that was produced and bottled in Ukraine. Dude, I didn't know that vodka could taste bad. Oh, man, we went to this bar in uh, Simferopol down there in Crimea 
and all these people do is just drink vodka. I mean, you, you, there's, there's nothing to order. It's like they bring a – you want something to drink? Sure. And they bring a bottle. It's like a beer bottle, like a big 24-ounce beer bottle full of this vodka. And it's it, you know it has it's like the old cartoons. It has XXX on the side or something. I mean, it, there's no label. There's no nothing. And it was absolutely horrendous. And this dude at the table, this Ukrainian dude was sitting with us. And he's like, check this out. And he puts a napkin over a glass. And he's, he pours, you know, probably half a glass of that vodka through the napkin into the glass. And he lifts up the napkin. And it, there is, the napkin is no joke, like dark, like someone had smeared charcoal on it. And it's like, and I'm looking at the bottle, it's clear. It's just, man, I, that's the fate I wish on people who are like, I'm not drinking, I'm not eating Russian salad dressing. I'm not drinking Russian vodka. Okay, switch over that Ukraine shit I had in Crimea and you'll see, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's like, it's like Roger said though, man, just drink bourbon, bro. Just, just drink bourbon. Cause I don't, I don't, I doubt there are many bourbon, uh, distilleries and bottlers in, in Russia. Uh, so Roger, you said we were going to move on to something else. I mean, you know, what else is there to move on to, you know? Well, I'm a little pissed off because, uh, I guess we can go around the horn here once before we, we, we end this thing, but it's, so on Thursday, the House of Representatives passed a bill, uh, and I'll just read this straight from the headline, passed a bill Thursday aimed at helping veterans expose the toxic burn pits. So basically, you know, for all of us that were in Iraq and Afghanistan and, and around the world, uh, you know, that's how the military gets rid of its trash, right? We just kind of burn shit. Uh, and folks that are exposed to it, you know, you're starting to find out, uh, you know, especially years later, man, like people are dying from this stuff. It's kind of like... Uh, you know, what was, uh, I forget the exact cause of it, but, you know, during the 9-11 event, um, you know, the towers came down and, and all the, you know, inhalation of, of particles and all that stuff and people, you know, they're dying like 20 years later, right? And so they're starting to find some similar things are happening and, and especially with vets, it's, uh, you know, if you're retired, it's one thing because you obviously have continued healthcare. Um, when you don't retire and you just do five or six years and, and get out or, you know, you're chaptered out cause you couldn't pass your PT test. And now you want to go fight, you know, the Ukrainian, uh, invasion. Uh, but you don't, it, it's really hard to get good healthcare. Right. And you can't really go to the VA and get healthcare for that unless they recognize it and yada, yada, yada. So basically this was a bill to say, Hey, look, if we can tie you to one of these areas, you can go to the VA hospital. Let's, let's get you checked out. Um, and there's obviously some more strings to it. There's a certain amount of money that's got to go involved. I think it's like $30 billion and, you know, there's a certain time period and, and they basically do put some checks and balances in there or they attempt to. What's killing me is 174 Republicans voted against this thing, including, uh, Josh's favorite guy, Dan Crenshaw. And for the life of me, I've gone back through and I've read the bill. Uh, and, and again, I, I, you know, I'm not a legislative expert, so reading all the, the fine print, you know, it's, it's, it's a little murky to me sometimes. But, uh, you know, I go through and you can actually read the statements that were made, um, you know, for those that supported it and those that opposed it. And everything for the life of me that I can find is basically it's too much money and is going to bog down the VA system that's already bogged down enough. That's the excuse. OK, not that, oh, studies are showing that there really are no you know, diseases linked to burn pits or not that, uh, you know, uh, you're not, you know, you're not really affected by this or that that's got nothing to do with it. It's the, well, you know, we got to save the $30 billion and, um, you know, we don't really want to overload the VA healthcare system anymore. That that's the reasoning for it. Like, dude, that is my, and, and I couldn't, you know, I think Josh, he actually texted 
And he was like, what else was in the bill? Because for, cause I was like him. I mean, you get 174 Republicans and uh, that vote against him. I'm like, surely there's some pork in this thing, right? There's going to be, you know, oh, yeah, and by the way, we're also giving out free crack pipes at the VA center as well, you know, or whatever. Okay, I get all that. You start reading through it, man. It's like, wow. And then the rebuttals are just all, it, it comes down to the money. And it's, you know, I actually, this was the second thing I agree with, with Nancy Pelosi on. She's like, hey, man, it, it kind of goes back to the George Bush, you break it, you bought it. Um, she's like, hey. That's the cost of war. So you know what? If you're going to go to war, you better be prepared to pay for it. And I think like we've seen, uh, you know, we had the satellites on here, you know, several episodes ago. But, you know, you go all the way back, you know, World War One, World War Two. I mean, you can go back farther than that. You go to Vietnam. Uh, you know, you pay the price of war for for a generation. Right. It never ends. Um, even folks that lived, you know, to 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, you're alive. That's a good thing. But, you know, you, you see a lot of folks where the quality of life is nowhere near what it should be. And I tell you, we waste so much money on, on, on stupid stuff. It's just like, hey, you know, vets that were overseas in a combat zone exposed to toxic, uh, you know, fumes. Let's get them checked out. And hey, if you deem that because that was the other piece of it is, well, vets lie. And, and yeah, some of them do lie. I get it. But it's, uh, you know, if they deem that, hey, you, you you don't have an illness that's related to this or whatever, okay, we'll kick them out. That's fine. Uh, but I know a lot of folks, man, that have some issues with this stuff. And, and especially if you're not retired uh, and you have to rely on your civilian health care, one, it's crazy expensive. And, and, and our listeners know that. I mean, you pay an arm and a leg, you didn't want to go. Um, but if you, uh, you know, if you have the opportunity to go to the VA and, and actually get it checked out, uh, you know, I don't know what they can do about it now, um, but, you know, more and more studies, more and more treatments, maybe we can improve the quality of life. So anyway, that's my last piece, Josh. You can talk on that or, or throw something else around, but it just really pisses me off. Uh, it's called the leg- uh, legislation is called the Honoring Our Pact Act. So it's probably one of the um, the final vote in the House was 256 to 174. 34 Republicans joined uh, all the Democrats. But uh, I don't know if you got another reason, man, but that, that, it is beyond me why 174 Dem- or Republicans, including Dan Crenshaw, uh, voted against this thing. You know, I, you'd figure with him, right? That, that's like, uh, because how did he lose his eye, right? That's like saying, eh, you know what? Don't really want to spend the money on that. Let's, uh, you know, yeah, we know you, you know, you fought for your country and this and that, but uh, sorry, we're just not going to cover that piece for you. Well, I mean, Dan Crenshaw got his, I mean, he's a, you know, he's a congressman. He can, he can write books. He can, you know, do a podcast. Like, I mean, he's going to, he's going to get paid. Yeah. When you, when you, when you said that, that was my first question. It was like, there's got to be something on this bill. Like that's, that can't be a clean bill for that many people to, uh, to reject it. And you know, then when you went back and you're like, no, man, I read it as clean. It's just, it's bewildering, you know, especially after all the experience we have of, dealing with you know illnesses after wars you know vietnam it was agent orange and for you know for decades the u.s government you know like they did not want to admit that hey yeah that you know that defoliant that you know we had guys spray out of the back of helicopters with just a cloth mask yeah a cloth mask you know it couldn't stop agent orange it ain't stopping COVID either um (laughs) you know and uh, then you had, you know, from the Gulf War, and this is something, you know, this is something that, you know, my dad deals with, you know, you had Gulf War syndrome and it was like, oh, well, you know, and they're just now in the last, you know, last, I would say probably the last five years kind of admitting, yeah, maybe it's a thing. Maybe, maybe it's a thing. It's like, nah, man. It's like you think having folks over there, you know, breathing in burning, you know, hundreds of burning oil wells and, you know, having guys going in and out of, you know, 
armored vehicles that have been hit with depleted uranium rounds and, and, and stuff. And, you know, you're like, oh, no, you're good. You're good, bro. You know, um, AJ Todd talks about a story in, you know, in, in, in the book uh, about his time, you know, out at Fort Carson, you know, traipsing around a, uh, you know, traipsing around a uranium, you know, old uranium storage site or something. Uh, he was pulling guard duty on like a, like a good Joe. So, you know, but you're right. It's, you know, it's when, when you send, when you send young men to war, you, you are taking care of them for, a, that's a generation, you, you know, there's a moral obligation to take care of them. Um, and yes, you know, some people embellish their ailments, um, and, and stuff to, you know, to get over the, you know, get over on the system. And that absolutely happens. And, and anybody who says it doesn't, you know, you're, you're, you're kidding yourself. Um, Can you believe that we're actually it, all agreeing with Nancy Pelosi? It's, yeah. <laughs> like, it's what's crazy. the world coming to, man? Well, what's nuts is hell hath frozen over. That's right. You know, it's the one time that, you know, it, 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 oh, so now it's the one time and, you know, the last 15 years, Republicans want to be, you know, fiscally conservative after, you know, making it rain like Pac-Man Jones. A- absolutely crazy. You know, again, we're, you know, it, Barack Obama tried to do the same thing. They tried to balance the, you know, the budget on the backs of veterans. Uh, it's just, it's morally bankrupt is, is, is what it is. Um, and the last I'll say, uh, you know, then I'll kick it over to, uh, to Luke is, so we talk about, you know, the morality and is there a moral imperative, uh, you know, in these, you take a look at Cambodia, you know, what helped Pol Pot come to power? Well, he came to power by overthrowing the corrupt regime that who installed that we installed, you know, whether you love him or hate him. And I mean, he's definitely got a fan club now, you know, Vladimir Zelensky, he's not clean, you know, he's not clean by virtue of one of being a politician. He's damn sure not clean by virtue of being an Eastern European politician. Right. Um, that's just like the double whammy. Uh, but you know, we, we went in, we, we basically, you know, overthrew you, Luke, you Lukashenko. I, it, I'm completely butchering his name. Uh, we talked about it last episode and now we're, we're paying the price for that. Um, you know, or the, you can't, you we're paying the price fiscally. Ukrainians are paying the price in blood and, you know, I don't know what's going to, you know, how it's going to go. I don't know what's, what's going to happen. Um, I don't, you know, I think we're going to get drug into it militarily uh, at the end of the day. Anyway, I think the I, I think I, I think that's inevitable. It might not be in the next week, and it might not be in the next few months. But this isn't going to be over, and you know, in the next couple months, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get drug into it uh, at, at some point militarily. And I think everybody needs to kind of mentally prepare for that. Um, so, other than that, man, I'm uh, I'm taking off. Uh, to the mountains on uh, on Sunday. It's twentieth uh, wedding anniversary, uh, so the wife and I are uh, tearing out of here um, and uh, gonna go go spend some time in the mountains with no internet and uh, and enjoy it. Um, so twenty years, huh? I'm gonna start calling you Bill years, Cosby. Dude. 
<laughs> I keep asking her. I'm like, man, it's like how, 20 years, really? It's like, what you got? You got Stockholm syndrome or, or, or what? <laughs> she got cataract. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got the cataract. She, I, this is where I tell. Yeah, this is where I tell everybody she's blind and deaf. So, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man, that's what uh, that's what I'm up to, um, and that's gonna do it for me. So, Luke, man, what you got? Last thoughts? Good on her, man. 20 years. 20 years. That was that was more of a hardship on her than you. I can tell you that right now. I think we all three agree on that. Boy, I can hardly handle 20 minutes of Josh, let alone 20 years. So God bless that woman, man. Seriously. But congratulations, Josh. That's that's a milestone, man. That's a big one. Hey, what's the 20-year anniversary gift? Uh, I can't remember. I don't ha- I don't know it off the top of my head. Like the traditional Roofies. One. Um, you know? Oh, I don't know. I'm giving her a vacation <laughs> to the mountains. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a traditional one. I, I don't know. I, I, the 75th is supposed to be diamond, whatever. You ought to look that up and do something cute. Uh, it might be silver, actually. Anyway. So, yeah, with respect to uh, war and stuff like that, I, I tend to agree with Josh. Uh, I hope he's wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And I definitely hope it doesn't uh, resort to any sort of use of nuclear weapons because one of the most misunderstood uh, weapons in the civilian mind and even in the military mind is nuclear weapons. Uh, it just changes the whole game. It changes the whole world. Um, and it, it's just, it's not a good thing. So I certainly hope we're wrong on that, but I, 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 I agree with Josh's analysis with respect to veterans and, you know, burn pits and stuff like that, man, y'all know me, man. I think y'all veterans whine too much, man. Uh, you know, I got the, I got the snoring disease. Oh, I got the tinnitus. I got the, I got the, I got the, <laughs> I got, the, I got the knees that hurt all the time. Nah, man. You know, all I got to say is, man, my bathroom is a toxic burn pit. You know what I'm saying? But uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm going to agree with y'all's analysis on that. Uh, I used to, my mind is slowly changing on this stuff as, as you know, if we sat down with the three of us over a few bourbons, you would, you would hear, uh, how my mind is kind of transformed on this issue. And I think that y'all both said it best that these are, these are generational things and you're going to ask your sons and daughters, uh, to go fight for a policy. You better be prepared to pay for that. And the Piper will be paid. So, been working out, folks. Been been getting back into it, getting up into my upper forties, and uh, trying to find myself a little motivation, motivation, if you will. And uh, looked at a picture of myself at forty, and I was like, you know, when I was looking good, jacked, and I was like, I wonder if I can ever get like that again. I looked at some pictures of Stallone at fifty. You know, he was he was forty nine when he filmed the movie The Specialist, and that dude was jacked when he filmed Freud's. that. So I'm like looking looking for some motivation, roids, you know, growth hormone, whatever. But then I found my motivation this afternoon. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm getting so jacked that this this cool uh, shirt I have, I, I jacked up the elbow because I'm getting so swole, son. I'm getting swole, cuz. So, man, I, I encourage y'all all. Again, we say it before, and the three of us try to live by it. Uh, it gets hard when you get old. It gets hard when you got a career. But, man, make yourselves harder to kill. And that's truly, you know, I joke around, but that's my motivation. I want to be harder to kill. I'm working out now so that, you know, I'll be able to move around 20 years from now uh, without being totally decrepit. And that means not pushing around a whole lot of weight anymore. It's uh, it's a bit of a uh, an ego check, but it is what it is. So with all this stuff, uh, close out with a couple more things. Uh, less than a minute, Roger. Roger's sweating it. 
but less than a minute. With all this information coming out, like we said, with the Cassandra Fairbanks thing with Josh and people trying to pile on him and all this stuff, it's like, this is not a binary world, people. Just because you don't want to send uh, troops into Ukraine doesn't mean you love Putin. It doesn't mean you're a Russian sleeper agent or a Russia fanboy. Just because you respect, not even respect, but just because you understand and comprehend Putin's actions doesn't make you a Russian fanboy and vice versa with the Ukraine piece. You know, so think of Occam's razor. We say this quite a bit and I'll, I'll give you all the quick definition of Occam's razor. It's a principle of theory, construction or evaluation, according to which other things equal explanations that posit the fewer entities or fewer kinds of entities are preferred to explanations that posit more. In other words, the simplest explanation is probably the truth. In the absence of any kind of conclusion that you can reach, absent facts, go with the simplest explanation, and that you'll probably be closer to the truth. So again, like we said last week, look at these things coming out, think about them. If you got to start coming up with conspiracy theories on why things are happening, maybe check yourself. And we're talking to ourselves when we say that too. So Occam's razor, folks, don't let anybody call you out and make you take one side or the other. Just, just think things through. Real quick, shout out to uh, my nephew, Cutter, um, his mom and dad, uh, Kurt and Wendy. Uh, Cutter just finished up his high school basketball career. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what's next for him. He had a great basketball career. Uh, maybe he'll he'll go to college to play basketball, maybe not. But like I told him, man, and I, told, I try to tell myself this, I try to tell everybody I meet, and something my dad told me, don't let one particular thing define you. You know, don't be Cutter the basketball player. Be Cutter the person. You know, don't be proud of those three or four years you spent in high school playing basketball. Don't be proud of those three or four deployments you did. You, that, that can be part of, what you're, uh, of your pride. But you know what? You are a total person. Be proud of your whole life, not just a portion of it. So, Cutter, congratulations. Loved watching you play, and I'm um, looking forward to seeing what, what's in store for you next. So are you doing any type of uh, specific workout plan, or are you just kind of going to the gym and doing your thing? No, I'm trying to do, uh, I'm, I'm doing, uh, you know, like the legs, like squats, uh, deadlift, hanging lift. I'm not, in other words, I'm not doing any show muscles type stuff. I'm doing, you know, back, uh, I'm trying to get more flexible. I'm doing, doing quite a bit of cardio, um, no show muscles, just trying to 34.5 flaccid. Semi-flaccid. Semi-flaccid. That's right, dude. I just trying to limit the carbs, you know, limit the sugars and, uh, doing those, uh, you know, deep muscle type exercises and, and, and plenty of cardio, man. Cause I, I definitely need that. Yeah. Good luck to you, man. I got to get back on the train myself. It's uh, we've been doing a lot of traveling for some work and, you know, stuff that I go with my wife and it's uh, I made a joke the other day, you know, I've got this under armor shirt and it says freedom and I'm getting so big, dude. It's like Braveheart at the end where he's like, freedom. <laughs> I'm like, That's yeah, hilarious, I need to get that freedom down to like, <laughs> you know, two syllables or whatever. It's like four or five right now. But, uh, <laughs> Anyway, listeners out there, uh, you know, thanks for checking us out again. I tell you, the uh, the biggest thing was the mega, you know, the mega thread. Uh, good call on that, Luke. Uh, definitely a shout out to everybody that hopped on there. Uh, you know, Ginger Inferno, uh, he was a little late to the party. He came in uh, kind of like, like Josh does. You know, he comes in about a day late and then starts liking a lot of comments. So maybe next time, uh, I mean, dude, we know you're not working that hard. So you can pull your phone up, pull out your little Facebook and, and hop on the uh Hop on the mega thread there, but a big shout out to everybody who participated in that. Uh, stay safe out there. 
Uh, hopefully we'll have another you know episode out here in the next week or two, try to get something a little bit more regular. And I'm going to kind of steal uh, Josh's line here in a second. But don't forget our website, www.coperscanteencup.com. Check out our blog that we publish. We try to kick something out every couple of days. Uh, again, a big shout out to Carlton Zeus. Thanks for letting us uh, use your music. Uh, or I guess he's still letting us use his, mu- you know, use his music. Check him out at uh, carltonzeus.com or on Apple Music. And uh, keep your canteen cups tightly secured and full of some really good Russian, not Ukrainian, vodka.